Hi, everybody, and welcome to Grow the Goodness in You. My name is Quiggy. I'm your host, a self-realization coach, and a meditation teacher. It's my honor, my pleasure, and my mission to inspire the best in you with this podcast to help you uh, take radical, uh, empowered responsibility for your own health, your own healing, and your happiness. We all deserve the highest quality in all three of those categories and more, and I hope that this helps you feel that that's possible for you. I'd like to invite you into a short guided meditation just to ground yourself and take a moment to pause and slow down and open up and become receptive to hear the the ideas and the wisdom in this podcast, in this conversation, so that you can really integrate it into your heart and into your body. So I invite you, if it feels comfortable for you, to close your eyes, if it's available to you, close your eyes and take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth, into the nose and out of the mouth. One more big deep breath, just like that. And then letting go, letting go of any need to control or influence the breath or anything that's going on in your life as much as possible. Just allowing yourself to be for a few moments, not needing to go anywhere, not needing to do anything. As you begin to rest in awareness of what it feels like to be here in a body. Starting to notice whatever sensations come up through the shape of your body sitting or standing here or walking. Noticing any discomfort And noticing any comfort. Allowing your body to be a wave of, or waves of different sensations and just allowing as much as possible with a loving awareness, these sensations to come and go. You gently focus your attention on your heart space. If it's helpful to imagine your heart beating and your chest expanding with the breath. Or perhaps it's helpful to imagine a, a bright green or other heartfelt color light that symbolizes the love at this point. And just allow yourself to soften, allow yourself to open, open to yourself, open to all that is in your experience.
If it's helpful, you can put a hand on your heart to further deepen that sentiment. Releasing a little tension in your shoulders and anywhere else that it's felt. And then starting to open your awareness back up again, noticing any light shining in through your eyelids, any sounds in your environment, starting to feel the shape of your body again and opening your eyes in your own time, coming back into the space, perhaps looking around, uh, just noticing new clarity that you see the world around you with. We got a new gong this week and I'm stoked about it. I hope it uh, doesn't blow your eardrums out. <laughs> um, today I wanna to talk about self-compassion and I just, this phrase dawned on me the other day and just, you know, the middle of, oh man, I'm in the muck. I'm in, I'm in the shit right now. And it has been so tough. And it has just reminded me that self-compassion is the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce to the whole damn thing. And I think that we need it so badly in our culture and in many cultures in this world today where we're so shut down and so divisive within ourselves. Um, we're so self-critical and we cause ourselves a lot of pain in this way. And um, I wanna just share a little bit of my journey and how self-compassion has opened up so much possibility for my health, healing, and happiness, for my success, for my well-being, and how it really is serving me right now in um, life's continual hard moments. Uh, moments in life continue to be hard no matter how self-compassionate uh, one may be. And yet the resiliency is afforded to um, those that build self-compassion as a, as a skill and a, and a mindset and a way of relating to, to themselves and, and naturally to the world around them. Um, I, uh, my parents divorced when I was, uh, you know, around eight or so, and it was a really emotionally volatile home and it really hurt me. And I turned to eating as my emotional coping mechanism. And I ballooned up really within a summer and was obese when I was a young man. And that was, you know, hard on me uh, physically and and as you can imagine emotionally and socially um, and I was very very fortunate to be uh, afforded the opportunity by my parents to go to a weight loss camp when I was uh, in high school and so I went four years every summer in high school and it was a really uh, up and down journey and um, it's something I really like to share in more depth um, in, in later episodes but the point here in this conversation is that it, it really equipped me with a growth mindset you know I had had this this challenge as a, as a young man that I had a lot of, you know, pain and resistance around. I didn't want to be 
overweight. Um, I felt lesser than and unworthy um, in, in the social context. And I really wanted to fix that. I wanted to change that. And I was really, really lucky to get this opportunity to go to these camps and be in a space that, that afforded me that power to change. And it lit a fire under my ass. It lit this growth mindset, this, this desire for growth and change and possibility uh, within me. And so, you know, I left high school at, you know, the healthiest weight I'd ever been. And I went into college really, really contained, but also very constrained. You know, I was very rigid in my approach and my expectations of myself. And, you know, if all we're measuring my success by is, you know, the weight and how I look on the outside, we were A+. Plus. Um, but what I was feeling on the inside as I started to um, practice meditation in my early 20s coming out of college was that there was a lot of pain uh, associated with that high expectation, with that drive. And, and though it kept me, you know, again, at, at that metric, um, at a healthy weight, I was really hurting on the inside and, and stressed and, and a lot of pain as a result of this you know, inner critic in this inner drive that was that was pressuring and, and pushing that that growth. Um, so meditation started to bring awareness into the patterns that were going on for me cognitively, emotionally, and really helped me better understand what was going on for me um, and, and the depth of it. It's not just what's happening on the outside. It, there's a whole world on the inside that I started to see. Um, and I continued my, uh, you know, kind of growth journey through the context of meditation you know using meditation as a tool to help me change to be happier to be better you know and and to you know continue to grow and that that's all wonderful and, and has been useful for me um, i found myself in my you know late 20s living in vietnam and, and studying meditation in, in, in monasteries in thailand really having this idealist kind of mindset and i still have that you know and that's why we're here talking about things because i you know believe in, in change and the necessity of it. Um, but it was very idealistic, very like, this has got to be the way it is, you know, and we got to do it this way. And it was never enough. And um, I stumbled upon a program called the Mindful Self-Compassion Program. I did a five-day retreat in Singapore and it changed my fucking life. Because what it did is it evened out the teeter-totter that is the seeming paradox between acceptance and change. Because change is a beautiful thing and absolutely necessary. And yet acceptance of where we are, presence and compassion for what currently exists is the prerequisite for any change to be truly and sustainably possible. And I learned this in my journey with weight because I was never enough on the inside. There was an acceptance of where I was. It was always I need to be something better. I need to look better. And so even when I was at a healthy weight by, you know, third party perspective and I looked good by third party perspective, if my inner world was not accepting where I was at, there was never peace. And so this teeter-totter between acceptance and change is such an important balance. And I talk about the middle way a lot in this, you know, these conversations and in my work, um, you know, either extremes, whether it's a teeter-totter or a pendulum, um, have their pitfalls. 
Um, it's the it's the balance in the middle that we really um, need to aim for um, for for peace and for well being. And so, in the case of acceptance and change, for me, through my teens and my you know the first half of my twenties. Um, and even still to this day, you know, it's always a work in progress, but it's getting easier and more balanced as time goes on. You know, the scales were heavily tipped towards change. Um, I was like, I got to go. I got to be better. Yeah, let's do this. You know, and that's great. There's a lot of fire and discipline that that has has offered me. And I'm super grateful for that ambition and drive. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that in this culture that's really encouraged to go, go, go and go get it and you know, make your destiny your own. And, and it's so beautiful to have that. And at the same time, when the change is high and the acceptance is low, there's a sense of never enoughness, of unworthiness, of happiness is out there. Like I'll get to it when I get to this thing. And then it's always ever elusive. It's the next thing that then we have to chase. So too much change is, is painful. Um, truly on the inside the outside maybe you can you can get your gains and you can get that cash and you can have the the promotion and, and whatever but if you're not accepting on the inside who you are and what you have and what's in front of you it'll never be enough and I spent a lot of my my journey in that place and when I went to this program and learned the value of and connected with the value of self-compassion, with that acceptance, with that care, um, I realized how to even the scales out. And in contrast, too much acceptance is dangerous as well because that's where we are um, undisciplined. We accept too much uh, negativity or pain and the people around us and our own habits and our behaviors. We get stuck, we get stagnant, we get complacent. And we allow pain and, and lack of well-being to be enough, to be acceptable. So it's too much acceptance is also um, a dangerous place to be in. And I, I think a lot of people can relate to that in some capacity in certain areas of their life as well. So this middle ground is where you find a balance. You, you can recognize, you know, and for me, it was just learning to love and accept myself for where I was at, to be forgiving to myself, to pump the brakes a little bit on the idealism and the ambition and the need for everything to be perfect. You know, it's really a conversation about wholeness and, and owning imperfection because when we can be self-compassionate, we then create space for all the parts of ourselves that are not perfect. They're not exactly how we want them to be. And the funny thing is that when you bring awareness and love and self-compassion to those places, first of all, they, they have less power over you. They don't do as much damage because they tend to rule underneath the surface. There's that resistance and self-criticism that we have towards these shadow parts of ourselves or, or the not so uh, great parts of ourselves. And when we learn to see them and hold them tender tenderly and, and to to let this self-critical voice that pushes them away and, and, and divides us from these parts of ourselves when we learn to hold space for them, they loosen and, and peace comes in and spaciousness. And it's with that spaciousness that energy becomes available for real, for real change to happen. And That's why I say self-compassion is the secret sauce because I think all of us want some want want a better life than than what we got. And, and I, I 
contentment is absolutely an area that is um, beautiful. And I respect all y'all out there who are just good and happy and content. And that's, that's wonderful. And if, and if you're happy with where you're at and you're accepting and you feel good, great for me, I got a fire lit under my ass. Like I, I want better, you know, I want to go, I want to get it done. And you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, obviously they, they're coming to coaching or if you come to therapy or you're doing healing work, healing is a change process. You want to change. You want to, you want to change something, um, whether that's releasing something, um, or, you know, adding something to your life. Um, it's a change process. So I think change is really integral for all of us. And self-compassion is that secret sauce to make that change possible. And it's a balance. It's a really fine, delicate, beautiful balance that requires the pendulum to swing kind of back and forth or the teeter-totter to go kind of up and down. And we, you know, we learn through, through time and through practice to find that equilibrium and how safe and nourishing um, and capable that space is. Um, and yeah, in working with some of my absolutely beautiful clients these past couple of weeks, I, the conversation has come and also in learning um, about this, this past month in my meditation teacher training, really the conversation of self-compassion has, has risen up as super relevant and, and in my life as well. And I want to encourage all of you out there to be kind to yourselves. And we got to start where we're at. And so I know that that request that idea is really really hard or maybe impossible for many of us who have been so unkind to ourselves for so long and yet i promise you that kindness that care that compassion that forgiveness that love for yourself is so possible it's a journey and if you struggle to be kind with yourself right now this is a strategy that you can use is be kind to the fact that you can't be kind to yourself right now. Can you hold space for that self-criticism and at least find some acceptance for where you're at? Because that's this little subtle trick that actually starts to get a foot in the door. And in, and in Buddhism, they call it firing the second arrow. We have the pain, the anger, the self-criticism, the shame, whatever it is, whatever our reactivity, our heavy emotions are to the the world around us or to our inner world it's it's a first arrow we get it ah I'm, and then we fire the second arrow you know it's our reaction our reactivity our criticism of the criticism it's the ego in the back door burying the hurt even further and so the invitation is um for many of you out there who might be struggling to even connect with it what does it feel like to be kind to myself um it's the invitation is to, to perhaps practice not firing that second arrow of being kind to the fact that you can't be kind to yourself. And that sounds a little, I don't know, kind of bass backwards. Um, it works though. And um, it can really open up a small enough space for, for that to grow. And that's really what, what the, the self-compassion journey is all about is, is planting a seed and, and watering it in the ways that we can to to help it grow and, and there's a there's a big beautiful flower big beautiful tree that is the relationship with yourself that is possible for you if you can um start to incorporate a little self-compassion and 
as I'll say time and time again on this, this podcast, like it all comes down to the self. Like this is not a selfish endeavor. This is the most selfless practice that you can offer because um, the way we treat ourselves is the way that we treat and relate to the world around us. So when we practice self-compassion, it naturally just enhances compassion in general. You know, through my journey, I have found that I am also very critical as I am very change oriented and critical and judgmental of myself and very critical and judgmental of others, you know, the people around me, my partner. Um, and it's that self-compassion of learning to relate to myself in a more compassionate way that uh, more naturally leads to compassion for others, um, a softening of the judgment and acceptance. And it's a journey, you know, and I'm still on it. And it's a, it's a daily practice. And I'm grateful for it. It's not easy every day. And vice versa, when we are compassionate to others, we then, you know, it's a, there's a neural pathway being built that's recognizing, hey, I see how this feels. I see how this connection, this opening, this love, this care feels good. Maybe I can apply it to myself, you know, so it goes both ways. Um, and, and I just, I always want to say that because I think there's a big block. There's a big limiting belief about this work, this self-focus, this self-care, this self-love, uh, you know, conversation. And really it is a beautiful thing that makes the world a better place. So I want to inspire and encourage you to be kind to yourself. And if that's a struggle for you right now, how can you just bring a softness to wherever you're at? How can you meet yourself where you're at currently? Um, I suppose I want to leave you with a strategy or two, the hand on the heart. So do that in a meditation, you know, that's soothing touch. A lot of this is the self-compassion work is really just another, um, I think format of doing, uh, inner child relating inner parenting, self-soothing, you know, offering a gesture of, of touch, which releases oxytocin, you know, that's the, that's the, the parental child bond that's built into our, into our nature is to feel the love and the, the, the nervous system deregulation of, of soft touch. So if you can bring a hand to your heart or a hand to your cheek, this is so helpful for me when I'm hurting, I'm crying, you know, if you were a loving parent or if a loving parent is not something that's accessible to you. So I suppose this is another kind of continuation of that strategy. Um, imagine a friend that you really love that really cares for you and always wants the best for you and supports you. Can you put yourself in their shoes when you are hurting? How do they treat you? How do they speak to you? What might they, what tone might they take? We can use the example of others' compassion towards us to help build a deeper, deeper compassion for ourselves. So touch, tone, the way that we speak to ourselves really helps to create that new relationship. I suppose as a reflection question, it would be helpful to just kind of check in with yourself. Like, what is your current relationship with yourself? Um, how does your self-critic show up? What room is there for self-compassion in how you treat yourself on a daily basis when things are hard? Where do you tend to beat yourself up? And how can you um, open a doorway, make a little room for love and care and acceptance for where you're at? I appreciate you. I love you. I hope that this was inspiring and encouraging. 
I want to invite you if this lands with you and you want support. Oh man, I hate I hate doing the plug after this, but I, I mean this with all my heart. I wanna I wanna help and I wanna serve and I know that I can. So if this lands with you and you want support in developing a more self-compassionate um, relationship with yourself to be redundant, there's a lot of selves in there. Um, I would love to help you. Please reach out. Um, we can chat about coaching, about meditation work, and how to how to deepen and embody that um, into your belief system, into the way that you treat yourself, into your um, into your your body, your mind, and your heart and your spirit. So much love to you. So much love to you. Be kind to yourself.